It can be as big as the mountains being removed. The hills shifting from that position. But if there's one thing you can hold on to, if there's something that can guarantee you this morning, it is number one that my covenant shall not be removed from you. Yeah. And my kindness shall not be removed from you. There are two key things. Look, see, you don't need to say amen for this one. You see that? There's a way I take the promise of when God says things like this, it is so. Hello? So it is not your saying amen that is going to make it to be done. But if you follow and understand what is already done, then maybe you can key into it and also get your own portion of what has been done. Are you following me this morning? He says, from you, my kindness and my covenant of peace. Now, it is significant that this parish is called what? Covenant Assembly Parish. So, this morning we are going to be discussing about the God that you and I worship every Sunday, every time we come into this house. The title of what I will share with you this morning is the God of Covenant. Can we say it together? Covenant is very important, and I will tell you one. Now, if, uh, bros, if a lady walks up to you, uh, a beautiful lady, and she says, Give me money, I am hungry, I want to eat. Now, your choice to give her money is dependent on how kind you are, yes or no. You have no obligation to give her anything. So it is dependent on your kindness before you can choose to answer her. Are you following me? But let's take it a step further. Let's assume that this lady becomes your wife eventually. Let's assume that this lady is your wife. And then she wakes up in the morning. People will probably even have a disagreement yesterday night. So you don't even feel like giving her money. But she tells you there's no food in the house and need money. What will you do? Not because you are in a covenant with her. You are under obligation to give her that money. It does not have anything to do with your kindness. Are we together? Outside of the covenant, the things you can receive from God or from any man is dependent on kindness. Hello? But when a covenant exists, the things you can receive is tied to a constitution. It's tied to an agreement. It is no longer a thing of feeling. Hello? As a parent, you are in covenant with your landlord. And a covenant is a documentation of promises. I promise that as long as I'm in your property, I will not destroy it. I will not, you know, make too much noise. Those are the things you write in your agreement, is it? And the land of the other hand promises 
that I am going to give you a house to live in as long as you are paying your rent. Yes. I shall, I shall, 
I shall not. Sorry, sir. They shall not cast thy young, nor be buried in the land. Let me explain. He says there shall be no miscarriage and there shall be no violence. People that have fruits will not waste it, they will not lose it. And you will enjoy fruitfulness in everything you do. In the name of Jesus. The number of the, the number of my days I will He says the number of days that you are supposed to live on this earth, God Himself will see to its fulfillment. Amen. You cannot say that you may have your life. Alright. 27. I will send my I will send my fear before thee, mm-hmm. and I will destroy all the people to whom thou shalt come. And I will make all thy enemies turn their back unto thee. That is a covenant of protection. This one, in every enemy of your life will connect with your God. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. But you see, that's not where I'm going. If you want to start shouting Amen this morning, by the time you start looking through scriptures, there are many things that will make you shout Amen. But the problem I have. Us sometimes is that it's like these things only make sense to us when we're in church. We see those promises of God, we read about it, we say, Ah, He's a covenant keeping God, He keeps His promises. In fact, do you know that I worship the covenant assembly parish? We have a covenant with God. You know, it sounds so sanctimonious when you're talking about it. But your responses to events in your daily life begin to reveal that maybe you don't really trust this your God to keep his promises. A man in my place said that he asked God for money and God did not give him. So he went to ask the devil. And of course the devil gave him. Do you know that many people are like that? Some people have concluded that God does not know how to give children. But the person that can give it easily is one Babalao in Jesha. Once you go there, you know always die. Some people have concluded that when it comes to the matter of money, just leave God outside that one. God does not like people to have money. Is that true? No. Eh? Are you sure? Yes, but, but somebody said that uh, money is the root of all evil. Is that true? No. Eh? Let me know if you can read your Bible now. It's what? Okay. Thank you for reading our Bible session. So people have concluded that when it comes to the matter of finances, God is not the one to ask. You see, there was a thing like that. I wish this is what we saw in the Bible. Just what we made in the Bible. I'll be putting a number of verses. Let's go together. There was a thing like that in 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 1. 2 Kings chapter 1. If you start reading from the suit, 2 Kings chapter 1. If you start reading from verse 2, the Bible tells the story of a king in Israel 
The name of this thing is Ahaziah. Please get to it. Get there in your Bible. So that we can walk through that story together. The name of that king is Ahaziah. And you know the most painful thing about this king? He was not a king of your believers. He was not a king of Philistines. He was not a king of the Hebrews, the Amalekites. He was a king in Israel. He was supposed to be an ambassador of God. But one day this king was in his house. And he had an accident. And he fell down from an upper chamber. And he was injured. Are you seeing that in your Bible? And this king called his servants. As you read verse 3 now. Second Kings chapter 1 verse 3. He called his servants and said to them, of a God in Ekron. The name of that God is Baal This God, when it comes to people that are sick, He knows how to respond very quickly. The God of Ekron, He does not waste time like the God of Israel. He will give you an answer. But people manifest in different ways. Ah, there is this man of God, and you know them as a man of God now. Praise God. There is this man of God I know. If you are looking for a child, all you need to do is to buy a few candles and make a little sacrifice, and you will get it. He is a man of God. The name of his God is Jehovah Shamshah. You know people like that? Huh? Jehovah Shamshah. That is possible, the God of Echo. Ah! There is this man of God, I know. If you want money, you meet him. He doesn't take the time. He doesn't need to ask you what you do for a living. All he needs is one part. And he will make it happen. Jehovah Shanta. There is this God I know. But simple. If you need to pass any cost, you just need to give it 200,000. He will sort it out for you. Is it that there is no God in Israel? 
said, we should have asked him every one of us this morning. We have consulted perhaps but in different ways. We may not have gone to Babalala, but maybe when we needed to get that job, we brought some bride. They told he was falling some people's hands so that they can give it to you. Sharp, sharp. You don't need to follow due process. That is possible. That is happy your praise. And the Lord said through the voice of the light. He said that there is no God in Israel that you go to consult Babylon. He said that there is no God in Israel that you look for prosperity in the hands of Babylon. And he says, go back and tell your master. Because of this that you have done, you will not stand up from that thing. You will show that. I preached a message like this some time ago in the church. And while we were talking, the word of the Lord came. He said that there are people here that even though they are believers and they come to church, that they still hold on to things that they took from the devil. You know, when that word came, I, I, was, I was scared because I don't believe that it was possible. So I just said this to what I had. And after that service, a young man came to meet me. He said, Sir, there is one I used to go They told me it was for protection.
when he got into a covenant with us. And he did that, he got into a covenant with us through our father Abraham. In Genesis chapter 15, Genesis chapter 15, when you start reading from this one, the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said, Fear not, I am your shield and exceeding place in the And Abraham said to him, Baba God, not remind me. All these things have been taking me sins, not everything. Will you tell me I should not fear when I am old and I have no hair? And the Lord said to him, Go outside, look at the stars. He says, Your, your, your descendants are going to be as numerous as this multitude. And the Bible said that Abraham believed. And it was counted unto him as righteousness. I should already be in verse, last week verse 1, I'm already in verse uh, 5. So, Abraham believed and was counted unto him as righteousness. And the Lord made you know, several other promises to Abraham. Hello? Hello? Men can say a thing, but 
you know, a man can lie, is it not? A man can read it when he made the promise. But then, when he's no longer feeling like it, he changes his mind. So, because of that, it becomes necessary that men will do a two-factor authentication. That's what we call it in IT. Huh? You do a two-factor authentication. You say the word and you go ahead and make an oath as confirmation. So, because of that, when you now go to verse 17, he says that God begin a way to show the immutability of his concept. Immutability means that he cannot fail. Even though because he is God, what he says cannot fail. But he needed to show it to us. Hello? Because of that, he confirmed it by getting into a covenant. Are we following that? He confirmed it by a oath. Verse 18 says that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, you and I will have a strong encouragement. Two things in which it is impossible for God to lie His word and His covenant. God cannot lie in His word. He cannot lie in his covenant. Yet, he did a two-factor authentication with Abraham so that you and I can be confident that what he said he will do, he will do it. Are we still together? I want to show you a little picture of how God cuts this covenant with Abraham. We are going back to Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15, that's where we started from. So, God said to Abraham, since you want something to be shown, let's get into a covenant. I just need some one person. One person, I need Abraham. Okay, come on. Aha. So, the way it is done in those days, please follow that uh, passage, Genesis chapter 15. I should be in verse 8 now. God said, verse 8 now. Now, okay, go to verse 9. This is Abraham asking the Lord, how do I know that what you are saying is going to be true? Verse 9. God said, now the way men used to cut covenants in those days, right? They get animals. Hello? They get different animals and they cut them into equal halves. I want to make covenants with this guy now. We get animals. That's the highest form of covenant. They cut them into equal halves and put them side by side. And the blood of the animals will flow in between. Huh? Then when it is time for the covenant, we're going to hold hands together and we're going to walk through that path. Are you following me? You walk through that path. That's what they call the bloodline or the blood path. I'm painting a picture for you. That's how covenant were called in those days. Now, the essence of doing this is to say that if any of us break the terms of this agreement, the way it is with these animals, the way these animals were slaughtered, that is how the path that broke the covenant will be killed. Are we still together? Hello. And Abraham sat and was waiting for God. 
unusual that I want to point out to you this morning. Now, when you get to verse 12, when it was time for God to show up, what happened? God made Abraham to sleep off. God made Abraham to speak of. And when you go to verse 17, God said a lot of things when Abraham was sleeping, but because of time, we can't you know, go to all of them. Now, jump to verse 17. And it came to pass. When the sun went down in the cool of the evening, when God should come, that God himself appeared in his smoky furnace in form of a burning flame, and he himself by himself walked the blood path alone. Have you seen that in your Bible? Now, the reason why God did this, Abraham was a righteous man. You know he would have come to his own terms of the agreement. But this covenant was not just for Abraham. It was for every other person that would come to Abraham. If God had allowed Abraham to walk with him through that blood path, it means that today, the very day you wake up and say, I don't feel like going to church, I don't feel like serving God today, you die. Are you following me? God showed his kindness when he was getting into the scholar to us. And so, Let's take the head of John the Baptist. 
And when we recorded in verse 26, I went to see a paper to this request to heaven. Heaven was displeased. He regretted. He was exceedingly sorry. That's how he just put it. For this oath he made. But you know he could not say no. The Bible said that yet for the sake of what? His oath. Are you serious? For the sake of his oath and for the sake of them which sat with him, he was unable to reject her. I want to give you the boldness you will need to step into the throne of grace this morning. For the sake of the covenant God has made with you. And you know what? Even has witnesses to with it, just like heaven did. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 2 that there is a cloud of witnesses. Hello, hello. There are people that are there. 24 elders have surrounded the throne. We don't have enough time. But if you look at the book of Revelation chapter 4, the John begins to paint a picture of heaven. He says that there was one that sat upon the throne, and there was a rainbow round about the throne. And also round about the throne, there are 24 thrones on which 24 elders sat. There were two things that surround the throne of God. Two things surround the throne of God. The rainbow and the cloud of witnesses. Now, do you remember what the rainbow signifies? What does the rainbow signify? In Genesis chapter 9, verse 13, he says, The rainbow will be the token of my covenant with you. He says, you look at the rainbow. You will remember my covenant with every living thing on earth. When you continue reading there, continue reading, he says, I'm going to put my rainbow in the cloud. Do you know that most times when you need an assurance that God keeps his word is when you are facing the storms of life? Because I ask myself, why would God hide the rainbow inside the cloud? The cloud is usually a signifier of storm. Hello, bro. The disciples of Jesus have been with him for a very long time. They believe his word. But one day they entered a boat, Mark chapter 4, and this and a storm started. And suddenly these same people that had been with Jesus went to him and started asking him, Master, is it that you do not care that we die? When storms begin to rise, God wants you to look for the rainbow and remember that He's the God that keeps His word even in the midst of the storm. Did you get what I said? The next time you begin to face those challenges that look impossible, the Lord wants you this morning to begin to look for the rainbow in the cloud. What is it that he has said to you? What is that word that you can hold on to that will make you remember that he cannot fail? Because what he said he will do, that is what he will do. That is why my God shall go. You can stand to your feet. That is why you are going.
person here. There is just the one person. And you are not yet a member of God's family. Or you've been a member of his family and you've departed from him. The covenant only covers those who are people of God. I want to give you an opportunity to make it right with God again before we pray. Uh, I don't spend so much time on that. You are here, you want to make it right with God. I just want you to raise up your hands. Aker went and took something that was caused. And because he had that thing in his possession, when the Israelites went to fight, the Lord turned against them. And they came back, they were crying, Come. Oh, are you not the same God we went into a covenant with? Are you not the one that said you will give all these people into our hands? Why is it that you abandon us this time? And he said to them, As long as you have something accursed in your midst, there is a limit to how much I can help you.